This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your kindness. And Lord, I ask you right now, no, I beseech you, I feel you, would you grant us the ability to grow in your word tonight? Cleanse us in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right, well, we're going to uh, pick up where we left off Sunday morning. Uh, I began a, a sermon called Spirited, and uh, I want to do part two of that, and we're going to call it The Human Dilemma, because you're only human. I'll say it again, you're only human. All right, let me just want to say this again. You're only human. See, we're all only human, but we can be infilled with the supernatural power of God that takes our humanity and its limitations and deals with those. And so God began to speak to us Sunday morning as I read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 5, said, even though I am not with you in person, I am with you in the spirit. And as though I were there, I have already passed judgment on this man. And so that there's ability to do things in the spirit realm that we can't do in the natural realm. That God will speak to you. Okay, I'll never forget one time in my life, this may not seem important to you, but I guarantee you it was important to her. I was driving down Highway 9 in Cumming, Georgia, coming from the Alpharetta area, that probably McFarland, and as I'm driving up Highway 9, I know that if I continue straight past Billy Howell Ford on Highway 9, that I will uh, arrive at my workplace 15 minutes later than if I turn left on Piney Grove Road. And honestly, it was getting near the end of the day. And I thought that was a God idea. Just get there a little later, 15 minutes later. I can probably not have to make another run today. I thought God was in it. And the Holy Spirit started dealing with my heart. He said, turn down Piney Grove Road. And I said, Lord, surely this is not you. He said, turn down Piney Grove Road. I said, Lord, I, I want to go just this other way, you know, and I'm trying to justify it, and, and, and I'm tired, and I've already worked excessively today, and, and, and I'm tired. And, and the Holy Spirit said to me, uh, turn down Piney Grove So I begrudgingly turned down Piney Grove Road. As I'm driving down through that road, all of a sudden ahead of me, I see this beautiful little short lady. She's standing on the side of the road with this little baby in her arms on a hot summer day, 90-something degrees with a car broken down. And I pull up next to her and I say, what you doing, good looking? Thank God it was Christina. Come on now. Amen. <laughs> And she almost broke down in tears 
the cause. She was trying to figure out what to do in the era before cell phones when her car had broken down and she had a baby out on a hot day and was looking at walking two miles to town. You see, there's things that you can be led by in the spirit that you don't understand in the flesh. So when we learn to walk in the spirit, we receive supernatural counsel that we can't get in our own realm. That wasn't random. I literally had an argument with God. And I can try to sound all spiritual and tell that story like this. The Lord spoke to me and said, turn left on Piney Grove Road. So I did. Or I can tell you about the humanity that has to be dealt with if you're going to obey the Holy Spirit. And our humanity rarely ever wants to go along with what the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. And so we began this study in understanding that He came not just to give us goosebumps and make us cry in church, but He came so that we would be transformed into the image of Jesus Christ and become powerful uh, ambassadors in this world that we live in. And so then we begin to understand that also, but when the Holy Spirit does come, we should expect outward manifestations of His presence. We talked about what it means to be, be enthused by Him, to be empowered by Him, but to be determined to overcome every obstacle that comes our way. And we, we really walk through that. I'm not going to preach that sermon to you again tonight, but I want to bring you, uh, and I believe this is a kingdom now assignment. I was, I was telling some folks earlier tonight that I, I, I jumped in the car after uh, speaking last night and, um, and the radio was on and, and I, I heard them, uh, I heard this familiar voice and it was, it was our broadcast from the church here. And I just heard the first, uh, uh, sentence or two and it really, really caught my attention and I began to praise the Holy Spirit. Because the words that I said in the broadcast was a sermon I preached on Daniel a few months ago that said, well, we find ourselves in a society that doesn't know which way to turn. Everyone is angry and anxious. And Daniel finds himself there. He says, I'm so upset. I can't think straight. I can't even take a bath. I can't eat. And I literally was stopped in my tracks because I said that has to be the Holy Spirit speaking and deri divinely directing when that would be broadcast on a week that it was so descriptive of the world we're living in. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to divinely lead your life in the same way. So that when you seek Him, He's lining things up and you just, you just kind of step back and go, wow, look what He's done. And that was a message that was not written with any outcome or desired outcome in mind in the sense of what's happening in our world today, but it was written from a perspective that say, here we're studying the book of Daniel, here's what we find when you're in stress, and here's what you need to do. And so God was speaking. God was directing. But the main problem I find with obeying the Holy Spirit is that my flesh doesn't like to take the chance. That it, when it gets outside the realm of what I can control, I get uncomfortable. And thus I end up in a human dilemma. Where we really started over here was in 2 Corinthians 4.18, where we kind of got to the other, other day and we kind of ended here. And I think this is so important. It says this. So we don't look, what was the word? At. Help me there. We don't look. 
at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on, or another translation says, through to things that cannot be seen. All right? For the things that we see now will soon be gone, but things we cannot see will last forever. And so we began this study, and that's really going to be the, the root of what it means to walk in the Spirit. It means I'm not limited to just what I can see in the flesh, but I have to stop looking at all the problems the way that I can see them, and I have to look through them to what God's trying to do on the other side. That God's working something for our good. That even though your flesh... I mean, the other day, my, uh, uh, my, my youngest daughter had taught my, uh, grandson how to throw, not a fit, but a, a hysterical moment in the floor. So she said, show Papa the hysterical moment. So he laid down in the floor back there, started kicking his feet, beating his hands, going, ah! <laughs> you know? And, and I thought about that and I thought, well, thank God he's laughing because I know that she did that when she was younger, but she lay down on the floor and screamed, ah, you know, like that because she didn't get her way. And I think that's where most of us end up in life. We go kicking and screaming because our flesh wants certain outcomes. We want you to give us the outcome we want in our flesh. But here's the problem about flesh. Matthew 4.16 really teaches us this. It's so important. Listen to this. Matthew 4, you might even want to take a moment, open your Bibles there. I'll give you a second there. Get to Matthew 4.16. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse number 16, we're learning something that reveals our humanity. And let me just ask you, how many of you like a good hot shower? Anybody? Hey, Amen. I like a good hot shower. My children do everything they can to make sure I don't get a good hot shower. But I like a good hot shower. There's those moments that you just need to rest or a quiet moment, you know. I sat down somewhere the other day, and I just needed just a moment. I just needed a moment. Just just give me a moment. And the next thing I knew, there was this noise going off, and I couldn't figure out what the noise was. It was my phone going off, and the moment had turned into an hour. And I was like, what happened? And I had, I had just needed a moment that caused me to fall asleep. Matthew 4.16 is really something like a hot shower. It says the people who, watch this, sat in darkness. The people who make their seat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death cast its shadow, a light has shined. Now listen to this very, very important. Where were the people sitting? In darkness. They were finding comfort sitting in darkness. We wonder why the world, as a, as a general in the world, why it struggles so much. It's because when the light of Christ invades the darkness, the works of darkness do not want to be exposed. The light of Jesus starts working in your life and you get uncomfortable because you like sitting in the 
darkness. I don't want you, I don't want you to miss the point here. The people love their own darkness. Everybody likes their darkness. Now I can judge you for your darkness, but I like my darkness. Oh, is this too hard? Maybe I need to step in a little further. We love the sins that cause us to feel satisfied. And we judge the sins that bring you satisfaction. But the reality is, we all love our own darkness. We all struggle with something. Can I tell you, if you feel like you don't struggle with something, then therein is your darkness. It's called self-deception. We all battle something. Rage, fear, depression, lust, lying, all kinds of things. All right? We all battle something. So what are we going to do about this? Well, the human dilemma says, I like my darkness. But there is a contradiction in those who are sitting in darkness while believing they're in the light. I'm not talking about people who just know they're living or don't even know they're living in darkness. I'm talking about people who think they're walking fine, but they're really keeping a dark place in their life. Now, as I was studying this, I called a friend of mine, a 70-something-year-old pastor, talked with him about this, and we began to talk about these topics together. And actually, some of us got to hear him do a teaching the other day about things in the Spirit, and it just blew my mind. And it really, really, really shook me in that as I began to talk to him about something I'd heard him teach, it brought out the fact that he had allowed a darkness to settle over him after teaching this, because we all face things. But I want you to get this. It's a biblical fact that our natural inclination is to love darkness rather than the light of Jesus. Why? Because the human dilemma, being human, means that our mind is both infected and affected by the original sin. There's a desire for the original taste of sin in our lives. And what we find here are several scriptures that support that. And I'm going to give them to you quickly. But Romans chapter 8, verse number 7. Romans 8, 7, you may have to just write these down and keep up with me. It says, but for the sinful nature is always hostile toward God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. When you're living in a darkened place, you will not want to hear what God has to say. And you'll come up with excuses calling people hypocrites. You'll come up with excuses to try to stay in your darkness. Can I just go ahead and tell you, there is none good but God. But that doesn't change the fact. You know what? There's some sins that I preach against that I've committed. And just because I committed them does not mean that I somehow need to avoid them. What I need to do, I mean, I've got some burns and some scars from some burns on my body because I learned not to touch certain things. I should warn you, come on, 
when I know the pain of that. I'm not disqualified. I'm not being a hypocrite when I say, and then it turns out maybe I've committed that sin. As a matter of fact, most of the time I'll sit here and tell you how my flesh has struggled with things. And we have to realize that if we're living in that, we're always going to, how dare you talk to me about that? No. The truth is, if the darkness, when it encounters the light in your life, if you are still becoming hostile toward the light, that means you've not confessed all of that yet. And you're going, well, I've really, I've, I've, I've told Jesus I'm sorry for. No, 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 no. It, confession is more than just telling Jesus you're sorry. It's allowing Jesus to forgive you and then turning course. See, Jeremiah said it this way. He said in Jeremiah 8, he said, don't be fooled into thinking that you will never suffer because the temple is here. It is a lie. Do you really think you can steal, murder, commit adultery, lie, and burn incense to Baal and all these other new gods of yours? I think that's kind of neat the way that, that version says that. So all these other ways you're figuring out how to sin. And then come here and stand before me in my temple and sing worship songs? Chants. We are safe. Is that not an ouchie right there? Ooh. I guess that's what you say ouchie when you live with a lady who gives shots to kids, right? Yeah. All right. We are safe. Only to go right back to all those evils again. You see, don't you yourselves admit that this temple which bears my name has become a den of thieves? Surely I see all the evil going on in there, and I, the Lord, have spoken. You see, am I preaching truth? The truth is we will live in darkness unless we confront it, and it doesn't matter how many times we come to church and sing the song Oceans. It doesn't matter how many times we confess the 23rd Psalms. It doesn't matter when we are simply turning those things into into chants instead of the cry of our heart. And that's what I think was so powerful about that prayer moment a minute ago. We said, God, talk to me. Tell me what you want to do in my life. Change who I am, God. I don't want to be the same as when I came through those doors. Why? Because can I tell you, even though I'm sure you can do it much more effectively, but I'm speaking the word of God over you. And the Word of God says this faith life we have has to move us into the walking in the light to where the things of the darkness no longer comfort us like they used to. I didn't mean to throw this in. It's not in my notes, but maybe we ought to be afraid of the dark. My dad was mean about that. Boys go out there and get some out of the yard, and it's like 15 feet from the house. We're like, I'm afraid of the dark. He said, I'll be standing right here. <laughs> he closed the door. Come on now. <laughs> Thank God for mama. She'd open and say, baby, here I am. You know, <laughs> we were, I've been this tight since I was 12 years old. My little bitty mama, baby, here I am. All right. <laughs> First Corinthians 2.14. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive the truth from God's Spirit. If you're not living a life hungry for the power of the Holy Spirit, you're never going to understand why people get so passionate about worshiping Jesus. 
You're never going to understand completely what I'm trying to tell you because when you live in the carnal mindset, you can't, the Bible says you can't understand it. When darkness is reigning over you, you come into the light. And I love watching people get saved because when they get saved, it's like God changes their whole, their whole language. Some of you go, well, I'm not there yet. Well, get it under the blood. Get it under the blood. I love watching that guy who used to curse like a sailor now hit his thumb and now it goes from, you know, whatever it was before to. I love watching that. Why? Because they are afraid of the darkness that once held them. I'm not promoting fear. I'm just saying we ought to, we ought to realize I can't venture back into the darkness and think I'm going to leave unscathed. And so what are we going to do about this? Well, your spirit needs to connect to God's spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit, I feel like I'm teaching you truth tonight. When the Holy Spirit is working in your life, and He's changing who you are, when you go to take that sin again, all of a sudden when you reach for it, there's there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit that says, don't do it. Don't do it. And you're going to have to fight whether or not you're going to go through with it. I remember one time, I've preached this before, but there was an area of my life and I said, God, I don't want to bring that sin into my life again. And so I asked God, will you help me with this? And I went to do that. And it's like, right as I went to do that, uh, somebody walked in. Or when I went to receive that back into my life, somebody called me. And I was like, my goodness. How hard is it to sin? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, did you not ask me for my help? Did you not ask me? He'll send somebody your way. I mean, I love it. When God just lines everything up perfectly, and you know you're about to do something you shouldn't do, and somebody that you know shouldn't see you do that walks up. That's the Holy Ghost in physical form. Changing you. But there's also a power inside of you that says, that's not who you are anymore. Can I tell you where you're going to get to? You're going to get to the place that when you remember where you fell, you're going to go, what was I thinking? I don't even recognize that person. You're going to be so changed. And some of you are going, how is that possible? Pastor Don, you're preaching in a place we can't walk at. No, I'm telling you the Holy Spirit wants to do it in you. The Holy Spirit wants to change you so radically. I feel this, what I'm telling you tonight. Some of you are going, Pastor Don, I've tried so many times. That's the problem. You keep trying in your own strength. But the Spirit of God that is within you wants to empower you so that you can be living, walking, talking witnesses to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. But Pastor Don, you don't know how bound I am. You don't understand. The same Spirit that raised up a dead body from the grave now works inside of you to deliver you from every grave that thinks it holds you down. Amen. It's God. God working in you. My goodness, I feel this tonight. My God, I'm excited there for a minute. For you see, 
I want you to see something I'd never noticed about Ephesians 4.17 before. I'm giving you a lot of scriptures tonight. Uh, I don't really care if that's all right. You need them. It says this. I want you to notice that first line. If you've got your Bibles and you're not afraid to write it, underline it. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, those who are not part of the family of God. Those who are not Jewish, but were not part of the promise. Now we are grafted in, Scripture tells us, we are part of the promise. For they are hopelessly confused. Now watch this. A lot of people say, well, don't, you know, don't live in this. That's the condition you were in. I want you to notice what I'm showing you here. You need the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can speak with the Lord's authority over your life. That I am not like someone who's not part of the family of God. See, I'm not sitting here going, well, you'll never measure up to me. No, 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 no. Don't try to measure up to me because that'll take you to hell. You've got to depend upon the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you depend upon the blood of Jesus Christ, you're going to realize something. There's an authority that comes with the blood of Jesus Christ. There's a power that comes with the blood of Jesus Christ. And so with the the Lord's authority, I say this to you. You are children of promise. Stop living like those who are not. So what are you going to, how are you going to do that? By living in authority. I am not that person anymore. The devil shows up and says, come on over here for a little while. You said, devil, you don't understand. I am changed by the blood of Jesus. I am empowered by the Holy Ghost. But you need me to make you feel better. No, I don't need to feel better because your feel better usually leaves me in a lot worse shape. What I need is a touch of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you something? Moments of sinful pleasure will pass and you'll wonder, what was I thinking? The joy of the Lord that touches your soul will dig a well that you can go back to for decades to come to draw from. This is truth. What about Proverbs 3, 5? What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and stop trying to figure it out on your own. Don Allen translation. You know, do not depend upon your own understanding. Some of us nullify the word because it's too out of our language. Stop trying to figure out how you're going to live free. Start trusting Jesus. Well, I'm going to have to do this, this, and then. No, 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 no. Jesus is my answer. Now look, that doesn't mean we don't equip ourselves with understanding and find the roots and connect to all the different things that cause those things. But what it means is when I figured all that out and I don't know what to do with everything I figured out, I still call on the blood of Jesus Christ because the blood of Jesus Christ is what heals me and restores me and sets me back on a narrow way. Come on now. See, some of you go, I just could never walk where you walk in the Lord. Don't you understand what the Bible said? Though you go through the wilderness, he'll make a way in the wilderness where there seems to be no way and he will lift you up on a a road that goes above, literally above the lion, above the things that come in this world, above the jackal, above the things of the desert. He will cause you to walk in places you can't walk on your own. As a matter of fact, he said, I'll even take you to mountains you can't climb up. And I'll make your feet like those of the deer. 
that can climb what seems impossible to everyone else. Isn't God good? I don't know why I'm seeing this, but the other day I was watching those big cats trying to catch those those deer on those high places. And all they had to do was move to a higher level when the enemy came to claim them. Is that not truth? Move to a higher level. You will survive. If you have to stoop to make the next statement or make the next move, then you're headed in the wrong direction. I don't know where this has come from other than the Holy Spirit, but one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is when Saul is anointed king. And they gather to anoint him to be king. And they go, uh, we have the oil. We have the prophet. We have the people. But where is Saul? And he is hiding among the baggage. Now tell me that won't preach. Too many of you hide among your baggage and say, God can't do this in me. Because look at everything I bring with me to the moment. That's partially because you haven't walked into the light enough yet. And then the light, the baggage, will re- you'll realize you don't need it anymore. And so the prophet says, we have a problem here. We've called somebody to walk as royalty, but they don't know how. So he, ha- he gathers all the people around him, and here's what he says. The Bible says he instructed them in the ways of royalty. He said, here's how you walk as a king. Here's how you walk as a member of a royal family. Here's what you do and where you go. And here's the protocol of being royal. Can I just say what's in my heart? Most of us know how to live on Skid Row quite well. But we yet are to learn how to walk as the blood-bought children of the king who don't act certain ways, don't go certain places, and carry themselves with a dignity in a darkened world. If you are resembling the world you're fighting, you're not fighting in the light. I'm preaching truth to you. So important. You learn to walk in the victory that Christ has given you. Say man real good and I'll start bringing it at least into another pass over, okay? Romans 1.21 says this. This is important. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God. Or they wouldn't even give him thanks, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. When you try to recreate God into the image of your abusers or of your failures, you're moving into a darker place. And you have to realize that God has given us reflection of His glory through His Word. 
And the closer you get to him, the more you will reflect him. This is so important. You see, the human dilemma is that we have a tendency of vain imaginations, which cause an internal twist in reactions to people and circumstances. If we want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we've got to stop responding that way. And no matter what any other person does, and no matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, we must be people of good character and walk in an attitude of trusting God. Because we must stop reacting and we must walk in action as royalty. I could probably preach a long time tonight. But in the joy of my soul, I have realized that I'm probably going to give you part three Sunday morning. But God's speaking to us. Speaking to us to change who we are, to walk differently. So I want to ask you a question tonight. What area of your life do you like the darkness? problem is if you're thinking about the person next to you in their darkness, then you have totally missed the whole sermon. Let me re-ask the question. What area of your life do you enjoy the darkness. And would you be willing to confess that as sin tonight? And in the moment of confession, would you ask the Holy Spirit to help you overcome that area of darkness? Some of you are like, thank God this sermon is almost over. I stopped early on purpose because I'm not through with you yet. Because thanks be to God, he's not through with any of us yet. So what darkness are you holding on to? What place of darkness are you holding on to? I have to ask. And are you willing to confess it? Jake, let's, let's just bring the house lights back to where they are for worship. And... and Pastor Paul, let's get ready for that whisper song one more time. And I'm going to ask you, will you confess that sin to him tonight? Do you know you're called, chosen, royalty? You are. Anointed vessels of the Most High God. Chosen from the foundations of the earth because before this world came to where it is and all the problems, He had already been crucified so that He might redeem you, Scripture tells us. It was all set in place so He can set you free from the darkness. So tonight, here's two things that I want to ask you to do. 
is if you're here tonight and you want to confess some darkness in your life, you may do it where you are. I would assume a position of confession. You may come to this altar. But how dare we hear the word of the living God and not allow it to take root in who we are. And then I'm going to be right here. And, and if you want to stand there, 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 all the way across, and I may end up, some of the pastor may end up having to help me, but I don't know. But if you'd say, Pastor, okay, I've confessed that, but I really think I need a touch of the Holy Spirit to help me overcome that, then we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you tonight. So they're in place. They're going to begin to sing. And I want to ask you to assume a position of confession. The very position that I had to assume before I preached this message. And would you repent of that sin? And then would you begin to walk in freedom? Walk in victory. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.